Boys, well, and girls, and anyone who's listening in. Man, I hope you didn't blink because, uh, wow. Um, six is as fast is, uh, is, is, is all that I know. And there are a lot of goals. And anyone who uh, unfortunately was the trader at Cool Bet Canada who posted a 31 and a half total, um, I, 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 hope, I hope they – Everybody says Canadians are so nice. I hope that they are that nice or else someone probably is getting a stern talking to by the head trader in the risk room because 31 and a half. Are you kidding me? We saw 45 goals in the PLL championship series opening night. I'm your host, Dan Alexander, and welcome on in to bet on lacrosse. Happy to be uh, here with you. And we're going to be talking PLL NLL and college lacrosse. I mean, the lacrosse equinox equinox. I probably could have said that a little bit better, but we have so much to get into here. We got the full slate of boys with me, Brian Andrews, Justin Byers, Brandon Biagi, Hutton Jackson. And as I mentioned, it is all lacrosse to get you ready. So um, guys, I say we just get in right in here with some opening day thoughts. So in case anybody missed it, um, you should definitely have ESPN plus, even if you're not a crazy lacrosse fan, because uh you know, if you're even just trying to get into the sport, there's so much housed on it that um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you do not have ESPN Plus. And ESPN Plus, if you want to sponsor us, you know, let, let us know. Um, 29 to 16, game one, Atlas gets the win. Archers win in an OT thriller. Of course, we get overtime in, uh, in uh, to, to start off the PLL because the PLL, I feel like opening night for the PLL always just goes off. There's always like one game where you're literally like, wow, this might end up being game of the tournament, game of uh, whatever. So let's just start with a little roundtable reactions to what we saw. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I'll still be the first to admit I'm in love with just the field game. Um, you know, it, it way different. I think it's accessible, I will say, because it's basketball. The thing that they're really bill- billing it as is basketball meets lacrosse. And it lived up to that. I mean, it's back and forth action. Um, I still – I feel like one thing that I'm missing is a little bit of the pageantry that I love about lacrosse. Because, like, after a goal is scored, it's just kind of like, all right, let's get right back into it. There's not the big ceremony around it. So, Hutton, I'm going to throw it your way first. Um, someone who's a little, probably a little bit more – uh, privy to sixes than I am. You've even played in some sixes tournaments yourself. Um, the PLL version of the sixes, um, I don't. I think they nailed it out of the gate, Hutton. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think the the allowing for a little bit more contact, you know, which really isn't a thing in the Olympic style, and then the two point arc really helps open things up a little bit. I still would have liked to see a little bit more transition. Obviously, it was as fast as it could be, and you know, the the first game Atlas whips they got off to the races really quickly. But ironically enough, I actually thought the Archers Chrome they they played a little conservative, played a little slow, were settling for you know the, the best shot, which is what they should be doing, especially now that you know a, a missed shot is a turnover. But I was surprised that we didn't see more transition. A lot of subbing, a lot of, you know, getting settled, you know, possessions where um, I thought, you know, the best form of sixes is when we do see some transition. Obviously, one-on-ones with the goalies isn't, you know, as exciting, but um, I do like a little bit more transition. And I agree with you with the pageantry of it. Um, you know, I like seeing replays. I like, you know, getting to soak in goals, which you don't really get to do that with sixes. But in terms of 
speed. I mean, this was a, a fast version of the sport. You know, we like to call it the fastest uh, game on two feet and certainly lived up to that. And uh, I, it was exciting from start to finish for both games. Um, even that Atlas, you know, Whip Snakes game. Whip Snakes never really felt like they were that far out of it, even, uh, you know, when the game did seem out of reach. And then, of course, we saw the Archers come back against the Chrome. So um, definitely an exciting version and looking forward to the rest of this week. Well, I'm going to throw it on over to our resident under expert, because if you were betting unders tonight, you're going to have a bad time. And guys, I was the sacrificial lamb. I was the one who said, I'll be Mr. Contrarian and I'll do the unders tonight. I only did half units on them. So I'm not going to be, you know, crying, uh, you know, crying tears about losing some unders. But uh, I was the fun killer tonight. But uh, Brian, man, I mean, these unders never even had a shot, even after every book and their grandmother was trying to adjust upwards when everybody was hammering the over. So uh, your, your thoughts on night one? Well, first of all, it was really weird that we just swapped positions because I was all over the overs as well. Uh, we saw 40s or numbers close to 40, and everyone was kind of like, what are they thinking? Uh, in terms of, in general, the game, I thought the pace was fun, but I agree with you guys. I, I missed a little bit of the pageantry. Um, I missed the replays, but also, in particular, I love Ryan Boyle in the booth, and I still think he did a great job, but I don't think that this format like allowed him to break down plays and helped newer viewers learn what the heck was going on in the game. And I think that's something missing if it's supposed to be more accessible, but you can't tell people what's going on who don't know the sport already. It might be less accessible because of that. Um, also, after the first game, I was kind of worried that one of the main uh, like uh, selling points is, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be fast-paced. Teams are going to be able to come back like the pace of the game would be a comeback mechanism. And then the Atlas win by like 20 goals. And I'm, I was like, Oh no. Uh, like, are we just going to see teams run away? But seeing the game go, the second game going to overtime, it really wrote me back in. Um, I went to get a beer from my fridge at one point. I missed an entire quarter of play, but otherwise, you know, it like, it was a fun experience. And uh, I think the PLO did a great job overall in, in presentation. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And Brandon, I'm going to throw it your way. Our world traveler here on our bet on lacrosse dais and just get your thoughts as far as opening day. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think that the whips are going to end up being as bad as they look. I do think the Atlas might end up being as good as they look. I just think the way that their roster is set up, the way that they play the game is so well suited. And, and it's arguably why across some of the books, uh, they were the odds on favorites. So how about you for any notices or, or just takeaways from any of these teams? Because, you know, one night and one game does not, an entire tournament makes. So I'm just wondering any takeaways from you, just as far as teams go, um, you know, I, th- I think we, uh, we all know that uh, the goals come plenty in sixes, but the books are going to adjust to that too. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, the Atlas just obviously have the horses to do it. Like they have athletes all over the field. Can uh, cannon notoriously good in close, um, but he played great the whole game here. Uh, as great as a goalie can play in sixes. Um, so it just seems like they have the athletes to do it. Uh, Chrome, when everything was slower, like Hutton talked about the the slow substitutions in the first half, like when everything was slower, that huge lumbering crew, I won't say, uh, we'll call them Sequoias, 
but when they have that big crew and they're moving slow and they're able to back guys down and they're able to have Wisnowskis and Cole and all these guys run off of picks in these like slow sets, um, that favored them well. Uh, Scannoni could have stayed in the whole game. That would have helped my Chrome money line bet. But uh, overall, I thought they looked like the top two teams there. As far as the sixes format, um, I was a midfielder. I love basketball. I loved playing West Jenny. I feel like I would have liked playing uh, sixes more than the regular game. But there are differences to it that were like uh, a little uh, disheartening. Like we saw a couple nice plays and passes from Amet. But that was kind of, uh, you know, that was kind of few and far between. And that's kind of the stuff that we like seeing is running these plays and, and hitting the extra pass. So, um, you know, it, it was just nice to see a little bit of that from the archers. But overall, I don't think this style condones it that much. So it was like tough to watch on TV or tougher than the full field game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, I think it's just interesting too. like, how are these teams going to adjust? Are we going to see the Chrome play a little bit faster? Or are we going to see, you know, the Atlas slow it down a little bit? I mean, I think that's what's um, going to be most interesting for me. And then, you know, we talk about Ken Cannon being the only goalie to play the full game. Or are we going to see him start tomorrow too? Like that's kind of a big question mark, you know, and the Atlas are heavy favorites, uh, you know, minus 146 on FanDuel going in tomorrow. So interesting to to see you know kind of how these teams adjust going forward yeah the the other thing i felt like it felt so much like basketball with the back and forth that uh that i was laughing because when it went to overtime i know hutton and brian were on over 45 and a half and in basketball when you get the overtime you're like great like an extra an extra few minutes like this is going over so when that happened i was like oh you guys are golden and you guys texted me no like one one goal ain't gonna do it and like I was just so in the back and forth back and forth like I liked it but it was different you know we're gonna have to change our our mindset watching this and all I know is when I finally saw that uh like in the 11th hour Fandle was like all right we'll allow you guys to do the spreads we'll allow you guys to do the totals I just knew myself and one of my favorite bets all week long was the chrome on the money line because if you know you know me I always like taking plus one and a half, like if I can get an extra gold cushion, if it makes sense, uh, you know, budget wise, um, I love doing that. So when I saw that I was able to get Chrome plus one and a half at even money, um, I unfortunately already tweeted out, hey, you know, my favorite bet is going to be Chrome on the money line. My favorite bet for myself turned into being Chrome plus one and a half at even money. Because I was saying to you guys in our Slack channel, um, you know, really when I'm, when I'm looking at these odds, I, I see them as the minus 154, whatever. And then I like calculating it into, okay, then what does this odds maker feel that this implied probability was? And on night one, I just didn't see how an Archer's team without any you know data that we have, without seeing them in the sixes format, I know all the questions around Chrome. I didn't see how they could be near a 60% implied probability. So when I was able to just take 16 cents off of that, make it even money, get the goal and a half, I was like, I have to do that because I know in my soul because how much I love Chrome on the money line that they were going to lose by one. It was the dagger in OT, but I ended up not losing any profit because I loaded up a little bit more on that even money plus one and a half. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about finding value, making a way to make your bets make sense. Like, cause even your best bets are going to lose sometime. It's going to happen. That's just a reality of it. But 
when you're able to make smarter bets and the smarter bet tonight when it was sitting at even money, we're having a different conversation if Chrome was minus 110 plus one and a half. But at even money, only 16 cents of value that you're losing with them on the money line, you're getting a goal and a cushion. That's the difference between winning long term and losing long term. So I was at least happy that I was able to save some face on that one. Um, made me not feel as bad about those unders like the big dumb idiot that I am taking those unders. But I had to be contrarian on night one. It's in my nature. Uh, we haven't heard from a man JB yet. So what I'm going to do, let's set up these games for tomorrow and JB you can kind of get into some of your takeaways when you just talk about how you're going to be betting these matchups tomorrow as it's sitting now the only thing that our team was able to find and trust me we're looking everywhere folks uh we, we were only seeing FanDuel as we're hopping on here recording at about 9 53 on a Wednesday evening and FanDuel has money lines posted archers our favorites against whips, surprise, surprise. Archers are minus 154. Whips plus 120 on the take back there. Atlas minus 146. And Chrome, the take back plus 114. So you have Atlas and Archers, the two teams that won as the favorites. You're already starting to see some of this formulaic line making that we see in lacrosse uh, with these odds makers. Team one, they're the favorite. They look good, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. You know, we would all make these teams favorites too, but – Minus 154, I don't know. JB, I'm going to throw it your way because I want to get some of your thoughts, some takeaways from night one. And when you just see two heavy favorites, is it that easy? Are we just eating chalk all the way to the counter? What does my man Justin Byers have to say? And also, welcome in, brother. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, night one was interesting. We we knew we were going to see a lot of offense, which translated to a lot of goals. But it's interesting to see how different players translated to different kind of forms of the game, whether it be going to offense and defense and vice versa. And also, shout out to the goalies. I know they're, they're put in tough kind of circumstances, and a lot of these goalies were able to make some some good plays tonight, so it was impressive to see. But, yeah, night one, we, we knew what the Atlas kind of had in between the lines with the athletes, so there's no surprise there. They're going to be probably the, the wagon for the rest of the way here, but maybe we'll see uh, another kind of team kind of emerge here in a little bit, but – yeah, I'm interested to see how this second day kind of wraps into the full picture of this whole tournament. And so as far as these money lines are sitting right here, like are you just going to wait on when we see some totals, when we see some spread betting, you know, any potential first half, second half bets? Because DraftKings popped off with a bunch of those. You know, you could bet first team to score, first score. I don't love those, you know, needle in a haystack kind of first score bets. It's just not how I work my bankroll, even with those nice plus monies. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, are you waiting on a total? Like, what are you thinking for day two? Because I know your ass is going to have at least like three, four bets because I just know you're JB. Yeah, without question, you, you know me way too well. I'm going to have a lot, a lot probably tomorrow after seeing what we saw in the first night tonight. But I think I'm going to roll with no matter what the number is, the under in the Atlas Chrome game simply because of, of the goalie play. I think Scanone and Cockhannon, if they both get the start tomorrow, they're going to give uh, some teams some some offense, some hard time. Simply because it's a second leg of a back-to-back, we might see some, some dead legs. Depending on the conditioning, I know these teams haven't been together for too long. And I don't know how much work they've been able to get in. So we'll see how those uh those translate to, to good conditioned teams. I'm not quite sure we're going to be able to see the same. So the unders are kind of appealing. I'm thinking Vegas is going to kind of push that total a little bit higher since we got a ton of goals tonight. So it kind of makes sense to kind of lean towards the under there.
Yeah, I think that's a really good point that JB makes there too is um, just the conditioning aspect of it because not only is now tomorrow a back-to-back, I mean, this whole entire tournament, it's going to be back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So quite literally every single day these guys are going. And they're only 30-some minute games. You know, they're fast-paced. They're basically doing full entire line changes. But an interesting dichotomy will be as the scoring forces books to put higher totals the legs simultaneously are maybe getting a little bit more tired so you know that's a little more more anecdotal than anything but uh i I think something that we definitely should pay attention to what teams are having physical games maybe it's which teams are playing against the chrome that like taking a little bit air though out of the ball that like dropping the shoulder a little bit more um who's playing the game after that and does that hang around a little bit going to overtime for the archers now they're playing against a whips team they got embarrassed you know is there something to that as well as far as the money lines go guys i mean i'll, I'll lean towards both the dogs i'm not pulling any money out of my pocket tonight to bet anything uh i'm gonna keep checking back on my apps and wait until we see totals wait until we see spreads because i personally think that's going to be the better way to buy to bet this but also, you guys know I'm not really a money line guy as it is. I, I like finding the value in spreads, in totals, as far as just saying, ah, you know, pick your winner. Uh, so I don't know. How about you? Uh, how about you, uh, Hutton? Um, when you look at these spreads, or I guess these money lines, does anything jump out at you saying, hey, give me something here? Um, or, or are you kind of waiting, seeing, and uh, waiting until we see some of these spreads pop? pop? The thing I would lean right now is probably uh, whips plus 120 just because I do think they'll bounce back. And I just think, uh, you know, the archers didn't impress me a whole lot. But um, although I did think the chrome actually got luckier in the game than the archers um, actually halfway through the game. Um, this is another reason why I kind of like the whips is I had was also on the chrome and watching that game. It just didn't feel like the chrome should have been up 12 to six, you know, and they played well, but to me, I was like, the archers are still kind of in this game. So I sprinkled a little bit on their live money line and ended up, you know, paying off because I ended up recouping what I lost in my uh, Chrome bet. Um, you know, I would have loved if Chrome would have pulled out the, the win in that game, but um, came away with still some profit because I was able to get them at plus money and then get archers plus money live. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at this whips game is, you know, I, I think the whips have a good chance and maybe betting the whips, you know, plus plus one twenty hoping and they uh, get off to a lead and then you can hedge with the Atlas or, um, you know, even if they don't, I think it's not a, a bad price to, to sprinkle a little bit on them uh, in a, a good bounce back spot. I don't know. I just, you know, like you said, these, these games shouldn't be, they should be closer to pickums. Um, and the other thing is too, you know, the goaltending by the archers, I didn't think looked too great. And I think the whips will adjust. I mean, lot many people that played in this world games um, are playing in this PLL championship series, but Brad Smith and Justin Guttering both did play for team USA. So, you know, they have that experience. Um, I think coach Stagnita will kind of get them, you know, back on track and I don't see them getting blown out like they did to the Atlas. So that's the kind of the game I'm eyeing in terms of Chrome Atlas. I'm not really picking a side. Uh, I do think the Atlas look as are, are as good as they looked, um, but I would lean kind of towards the under in this one. I'm hoping we get like a 46 and a half, 47 and a half. Um, I would bet the under there because I think the Chrome did dictate. And although I think the Atlas will probably come out away with a victory, they're too heavy of favorites in this one. And I think the Chrome are going to be able to dictate the pace and the Atlas can play at that, you know, slow down, um, you know, draw it out pace. 
Like, I think the Atlas are perfectly content rather than running, playing, you know, more settled offense, look, working for good shots in the middle, and they'll, they'll play that way. Um, but that's definitely going to lean towards the under. And then, you know, who knows with, uh, you know, hopefully Cannon still plays, but a little bit of questions there too if, uh, if they do decide to rest him a little bit after playing this full game. So a lot of uncertainties with betting a, a side on that one. That's why I kind of lean towards the under. So we're looking towards some unders. I agree with you there. And also looks like we're trying to make cases for the dogs here, but I have a feeling our double B's over here, Brian and Brandon are saying, what are you guys talking about? The better teams are favored and they're favored for a reason. Brandon, I'll let you get your thoughts. Um, are, are you, are you just eating chalk all day tomorrow? How, how are you going to be betting these games? With the numbers that are out there, I don't see myself betting them on the money line. I think what I'm looking for is if we could get some some higher spreads in here. I know we only had FanDuel for one and a half, but when you look at this game and the speed at which they play and the numbers we're seeing, there should conceptually be more variance to it. So where you're seeing like a one and a half and uh, – in PLL, I mean, you're seeing like one and a half, two and a half, and then like a couple three and a halfs. Like you would think there would be more variance to this as we get more data and as we see like the score differences could be bigger with the amounts they're putting up. So I'd be interested if we start seeing two and a half, three and a half uh, in that area, I'd be interested in taking the dogs. Um, if we had halves on the total, I would be smashing first half unders. Because I think that, especially in the Atlas game, they ran out there and they had their heads on fire. And it seemed like the game slowed down a little bit at the end. Um, I think that we're going to see these athletes try and run the long game more and pace themselves. Um, But as far as a book perspective, with 45s, we'd be seeing 22 and a half and a half, maybe, if the books just cut it in half. So I'd be smashing the unders if we had first half. Maybe they, uh, maybe Cool Bet will keep their cojones in, in Canada and, uh, and give Brad and our Canadian listeners a first half to work with. If we had that, I'd be smashing the under. But no money lines for me tomorrow. No, absolutely. And huge shout out to our guy, Brad. Uh, you know, great listener. We got to know him throughout the NLL season. He's north of the border and he's always sending us screenshots. He's like, God, like he actually makes me actively want to move to Canada solely to bet lacrosse because some of the shit that cool bet is pulling, you're literally just like, I need, I, or maybe I'll just move to like, what like right outside Niagara Falls and then I can just hop over the border bet real quick come back over here <laughs> pretty sure that that's uh, totally illegal and I might get a call from the SEC but um, I'm just kidding this is all for entertainment I'm uh, I'm not actually going to do that but if anybody has any Airbnbs or houses open let me know um, Hutton uh, I, I'm wondering for you man or, or no we'll get we'll get thoughts from Brandon here before or excuse me Brian here before we wrap things up and start swinging it, talk a little more of some NLL when we got colleges across. Uh, I, I do have a play that I'll give out since I don't really have any actionable info. I got a, I got a, a higher level uh, kind of thing that I'm thinking of attacking a future market here in just a little bit. Um, so, so Brian, last word, um, case has been made there for the archers and the bulls. I know you, you, you bet with your head, not your heart, but I'm sure you're feeling good about how the Atlas were looking and you think it rolls into tomorrow. Oh, I loved how the Atlas looked. That was a fun game to watch for me because that's a that, that's a huge homer pick for me. I just picked the Atlas on the money line on a whim. Uh, felt good for them to win over the Whips because in the regular field league, 
the whips dominate the Atlas normally. So it felt good. Uh, I agree with almost entire, like basically everything that you guys have said. I think that the Atlas game is going to get a, a weirdly adjusted total to a higher number that I think we could take advantage of because the Chrome, we saw them subbing a lot. And uh, I also think because of the, the total amount of goals that the Atlas put up, I do think we could see a higher spread, particularly in that game. And I agree with Brandon that uh, that would favor the dogs if we can see like a three and a half or maybe higher, depending on how the books feel. I don't think they'll be that risky uh, putting high spreads out there this early, at least until they see more uh, large score differentials. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking to take advantage of some high totals and some potentially high spreads for dogs moving forward. Yeah, and and that's how we'll be attacking and moving forward. And, and you know, maybe even after tomorrow night's games, we'll do a little mini, not as formal thing. Uh, maybe throw just throw some thoughts onto Twitter and stuff because I think this is, especially with how it's set up, something that you have to constantly be adjusting your view on how you're going to be betting things. I don't think you just come in with the strategy, especially with how new it is. You know, once it's the second or third championship series then we have a little bit more of an approach. But right now, um, you know, we're all reacting to the same data, and that's the same thing that the odds makers are reacting to as well. So um, if anybody else has anything else to throw in here, you know, just hit, uh, you know, throw up a little hand or, you know, hit the speaker request because we're going to close the book on PLL here. But last thing I wanted to get is just some thoughts here uh, from you guys because I have I – don't, I don't really have any bets that I love in college or in NLL, so we're going to get some best bets from Brian and Hutton in the indoor side of things, talk a little NLL, and then we'll swing it back outdoor, talk a little NCAA, and just get you some best bets before we get out of here, some EMOs, some extra money opportunities. My EMO is going to be a concept, and I'm going to wait on it because I was trying to see how much do these odds change. On FanDuel, they have a market that sharp bettors love. It's called the exacta market, where you get to pick which team beats which team what is the exact outcome of a championship game, basically? And on FanDuel, at least in Pennsylvania, they have posted, um, you can pick, you know, the whip snakes to beat Chrome. You can pick X to beat A and, and whatever. Um, two of the teams that look the best to me, and I know they ended up losing. I know that their pace of play probably doesn't fit for sixes, but that's actually kind of what I like about them. If they're able to force people into playing their speed, and that's the Chrome, not only are you going to be looking at unders, but you can look at teams getting uncomfortable. I think that's what happened in the first half, and also Scannoni standing up. That's what happened against the Archers. The Archers just didn't look comfortable. Part of that was that them learning the sixes. We don't know. We're going to learn this. But what I'm looking to do is take the two teams that I think should be the odds-on favorites to win this and bet them in the exact. I'm looking to bet Atlas to beat Chrome, and I'm looking to for Chrome to beat Atlas. That's the way that I'm going to try and bet the futures market because – Atlas to beat Chrome is nine, nine and a half to one. So a $10 bet would get you $95 back. Chrome to beat Atlas in the championship game is 10 to one. And what I was waiting to see, because these were posted before, was how much does one game change the outcome of this? And I think as it starts getting closer to the end of the championship series, there will be a little bit more fluctuation. But with Chrome's loss, their odds, which were down to eight and a half to one, actually got longer after their loss. And what I'm going to wait so I don't get screwed and have them play in the semifinals is I'm going to wait on Friday night and towards the end of the game, I'm going to formulate my plan. And as long as Atlas isn't the one seed and Chrome is the four or either of them are the two and three or vice versa, because Hutton, correct me if I'm wrong, that's how they're going to set up how the semifinals is, right? It's a one, four, a two, three. Okay. So 
as long as they're not playing each other in the semifinals, that's where I'm going to try and find value. And if it's anything at eight and a half to one that I'm able to get in that, I think you have two very live tickets and sure, maybe I get some egg in my face, but if I'm only doing half unit sprinkles or one unit sprinkles and I have a good tournament, I think this is a really good way to expose a market that I think FanDuel is, is thinking only people are going to attempt to attack it from a recreational standpoint. And I think this is just a little bit more of a high level pro way to potentially attack that. Now, those are the two teams that I'm using, but just as a concept, um, Hutton, any any thoughts on that or potential value on that? I'll, we'll just do a little uh, quick thoughts just about that as a concept instead of just betting a three and a half to one or, you know, a 2.7 to one in a future market, trying to find an exacta on two teams, splitting up your unit size that way. Um, any just thoughts on that, Hutton? Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. I think it's a savvy way of looking at it, especially, you know, because I haven't played a future yet and I'm, I'm debating whether to because all these teams make the quote unquote playoffs so to me it's tough to like justify i mean atlas could go three and oh i bet if you know future on them and they lose first round like that's you know the reality of it so i like this approach i would actually maybe take a slightly different approach though and that's just because i'm not as a big of a believer in the chrome as maybe you are um but i i do like the atlas i'd also consider you know either do your approach or maybe betting the atlas to beat your two second favorite teams so maybe i bet atlas to beat chrome and i beat bet atlas to beat um, the archers, and then you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. Hopefully, you know, that uh, you, you don't end up with them playing. Um, you Hopefully you end up with one of those teams. You will at least end up with one of those teams playing in the opposite game. So that kind of sets you up. Obviously, you'd still need Atlas to win to get there. Um, but that, you know, kind of gives you an opportunity if, you know, you do get the archers playing the chrome as a two and the three seed Atlas or one. Um, you know, you've already had that you set yourself set up for an Atlas to victory over them. And then you can take theoretically one of those guys on the money line. Um, now, you know, it could mess up if, you know, the whip snakes play one of those teams and then the whip snakes to find a way to win. But that's kind of how I'm kind of probably going to play it. Cause I, I would like to bet the Atlas future, but I'm thinking it might be smarter just to bet Atlas to beat Chrome Atlas to beat archers where it stands right now. Now you can kind of swap in teams depending on how you feel about them, but kind of in your mind, looking at who's going to be one seed, who's going to be two, three, and four, and then trying to predict those scenarios. is kind of the way to do it. So similar approach to you, just a kind of a different strategy looking at those exactly. Yeah. I really, I really like that too. If you have a strong feeling for one team, why bet the odds on favorite at, you know, whatever it's sitting at now, um, you know, at the, the lowest odd is Atlas to beat Archers in the championships, and that's seven to one. So if you're really bullish on the Bulls, no pun intended, um, you know, why, why don't you just go split up the let's say you're going to do a one and a half unit on them in the future market, like just do uh, 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 you know, uh, a half, a half, a half. You know what I mean? Like three half units and have it archers to beat X, archers to beat X, archers to beat X or Atlas to beat X and, and take all three outcomes. And then, um, you know, I'm not looking at the numbers directly in front of me, but still I think you would be covering your bet at the very least if you're at a seven to one shot and only breaking up a, a unit and a half across three different bets. And you're essentially getting the exact same thing atlas to win but you're doing it and setting yourself up that uh, you know you're you're not quite hedging your own tickets but you're taking a bad price and turning it into a really good price so i have to crunch the numbers on that but i that makes a lot more sense 
than maybe what I was looking to do where, oh, these are two teams and, oh, if everything goes perfect, then they play. And then, oh, my God, look at how smart I look because these two tickets are live. Um, you know, make your money work for you. That That's a really great point there, honey. I, I really like that. Um, if you guys don't have anything yeah. else to say, you can you can hop in, uh, give your last thoughts here. But um, any last thoughts on PLL, guys, before we swing it over to the NLL? All right. Well, then let's do it. And uh, I guess I'll turn the mic over to my experts because I just text these guys whenever I'm going to be out and there's actually a nationally televised game. There's just a text that says, what am I betting on? Because I'm going to be in a bar and I need to bet on NLL because I love when people are staring at me and I'm going nuts. And usually it cashes. So, uh, Brian Hutton, my NLL experts, what are we betting on this week, boys? Yeah, I'm happy that you guys started with uh, or ended that segment with more of a, a sweaty betting uh, strategy because I, I thought that this was going to be the sweaty pick of the show. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about my favorite trend to bet in the NLL. We're, gonna, we're talking about uh, Panther City Lacrosse Club versus the Colorado Mammoth, who are playing for the second weekend in a row. Uh, last week, they scored 20 total goals, and the total line is set at 22 and a half. And I, want, and I love the under in this game because 14 out of 20 games in the past two years – there are 20 occurrences where teams play two weeks in a row, which means they get to prep for each other and make adjustments for each other. And typically, uh, 14 out of those 20 times, there are fewer goals scored in the second game. So with this line, we're, we're getting about a three-goal cushion for the under to hit. And the under would hit in this scenario all, over 70% of the time. So Based on that trend, which has been ultra-reliable, we've only seen one positive score differential where one uh, game has more goals than the first game this whole season, and that happened last weekend. So even more than 70% on this season. So I love PCLC, Mammoth, under 22.5. You can get that at minus 110 most places. Uh, this is also a fade of the Mammoth offense, who have just been absolutely struggling recently. They're struggling to put up 10 goals a game, and in the NLL, if you're not putting up 10 goals a game, you're not winning. And also, unders are cashing when teams aren't scoring 10 goals. So, again, Panther City, Mammoth, under 22 and a half. That's my NLL pick of the week. Yeah, I like it. And the familiarity there tends to breed the lower totals, too, going in with your trend. I mean, we saw Bandits drop, what, like 18 on the Swarm, and they played each other the following week, and Bandits only won, like, I forget what it was. It was like 12 to 10, 10 to 8 or something. So uh, yeah. it's one of the trends that can be very profitable if you if you know you know you're looking out for it. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot ad nauseum about the short rest trend, which has also been pretty profitable. No short rest scenarios this weekend, but yeah, I think you talked me into that under 22 and a half. 22 and a half is pretty low, but I think it's low for a reason. Um, probably not low enough though, given that. And you know, I haven't seen any 23 and a halfs out there. I haven't done my due diligence though. So definitely line shop a little bit too. Cause if you can get a 23 and a half, uh, that's an even better cushion for you. But yeah, I, I like that one. Uh, I'm going to go with another under two, Brian. I know you're on this one as well. Warriors rush under 25 and a half. We've been seeing more 25 and a halves pop up and, you know, rightly so for some of these um, last week we saw Halifax, uh, you know, there's, ended up being a 25 and a half against the riptide uh, ended up seeing 25 goals in that. Luckily, you know, there's 24 and a half out there. So hopefully you got the better number and didn't lose by the hook. But um, you know, we've been seeing more 25 and a half. So this is one that I don't understand why we're getting a 25 and a half. The Warriors defense has been abysmal for most of the season, but they're playing better. Aaron Bolds in net. 
Um, and I think, you know, he's going to continue to play better for them uh, like he did last week. Uh, we just saw these teams play not too long ago. And I believe the game was, it, it was, I think, 14 to 8. So it, it wasn't even close to kind of going over this mark. And as we just mentioned, when teams play each other, you know, in the second game, it, it tends to have a little bit, you know, more of a tighter game script. So um, I don't know. I like under 25 and a half, you know, most time I'm looking at a 25 and a half. I'm probably going to play the under, but especially between these two teams where where's offense still doesn't seem like it's got enough firepower given the pieces they lost. And um, while the rush, you know, could probably drop a good amount on the Warriors. I just don't think the Warriors are going to match that. And I, I think these defenses are both going to show out and, and play better. You know, the Warriors obviously, like I mentioned, defense has not been their strong suit so far, but they've looked better in previous weeks. So um, I like under 25 and a half in this one. Anything to add to that, Brian, or should we go to our extra money opportunities? No, I really like to play for all the reasons that you were describing. Uh, I can start with my extra man opportunity. Uh, quick one here. The Swarm are playing the Firewolves this weekend, and the Swarm are still looking for their first dub. And I think that it is – the most likely that this weekend they are going to get that against a, a struggling Firewolves team. I was high on the Firewolves at the beginning of the season. They were competing with the top teams in the East, the Halifax, the Buffalo, um, even the Rock. Uh, so they looked like they were good out of the gate, and then they started playing teams that should be below them based on their initial performance. But their offense hasn't been able to keep up, and th uh, the value in the team was in their defense and the goalie, Dougie Jameson. And he's kind of started to fall apart. He's letting in a lot of inside shots. They just lost to the Las Vegas Desert Dogs to a series of outside shots that should not have gone in at all. And they let a lead collapse. And Las Vegas is also a team that's struggling to find wins. Uh, so the swarm on the money line is plus 120 against this struggling Firewolves team. So I feel like this is a great spot for the, fire, or for the swarm to get their first win. And we get it at plus money. So I'm pulling the trigger here on this one. And uh, I know... I'm also on your EMO, but I only found it at minus 110 because I'm irresponsible and did not line shop. So I'll let you take it because you found the better price. Yeah, so uh, first uh, I'll start. I, I like the Swarm too. Look, I, since the Swarm played the Bandits tight, that one game we saw Brett Dobson hop in net, um, I, I feel like this is, team has been due for a win, and I thought they were going to get it against the Mammoth a few weeks ago, and they're actually a lot closer than the score indicated. They ended up losing by three, but I believe there's – at least one empty net or maybe even two. Um, they were knocking on the doorstep. Penalties killed them in the end. Um, and then I didn't expect them to play that well against Toronto, but they did in their first game. Last week, they, you know, Toronto came to play and actually woke up. Um, but, you know, I, I think you agree with me that Toronto is probably the top team in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, I think the Swarmer do. I wish it was a slightly better price, just given the fact that, you know, unfortunately the Firewolves are kind of, you could say they're in a buy low spot too. But, yeah, I think this is the the – time to swarm get their first win um i just think they're hungry for it they've been playing they've been playing better in recent weeks despite not finding a, a w in the score column where the firewolves have really not looked themselves recently doug jameson played better last week but this team is still having some uh you know growing pains i guess they, they're just not looking like the same team we saw to start the season so i think it's a good spot for them um you know Again, do your due diligence line shop plus 120 is a, a good mark there. Uh, but hopefully we, we might see another, you know, higher uh, money line price for them. But um, definitely play the money line. I think they're due to, to win. And, you know, you could lay the extra juice to bet them plus one and a half. But you might as well bet them outright. Um, I think it's a good spot. And you were alluding to the Roughnecks. 
you can get them on Caesars minus one and a half at plus 100. So technically EMO, even money opportunity here. Um, I don't understand this price. Uh, the Roughnecks are a team that they're currently 9-1 against the spread. Their only one loss against the spread was against uh, San Diego, which was a shootout. I think they lost 17-15 to 15 or something. So they weren't even that far away from covering. Um, this team is red hot right now. And so going into this week, I was like, ah, Roughnecks are going to, you know, the market's going to overcorrect. They're going to draw two and a half. You know, we're not going to get to play them against the spread anymore. You know, they're, they're going to be go from – a great against spread team to now everyone, you know, being on them and us not getting as better, uh, good of a line. But this week uh, we're getting minus one and a half plus 100. I mean, I guess they're valuing the Vegas win last week, but I still don't think Vegas looks that great. I think Vegas is on a upward trajectory, kind of like Panther city was last year in the second half. But to me, Vegas is still a couple, you know, light years behind this roughnecks team. I don't think they should be, you know, one and a half point underdogs. I think this should be a two and a half point spread. You're giving me even money to lay one and a half. Uh, I'm going to take it for this roughnecks team. That's covered in all, but one of their games. Um, you know, it, it may seem a little square just because the roughnecks are, uh, you know, so hot right now, but to me, this price doesn't reflect how hot they truly are. So I'm taking roughnecks minus one and a half. Yeah. And guess what? The square plays also hit just as much. You know what I mean? Like, 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 that's something that ends up people talk about in this space all the time. It's like, oh, that play is so square, you know. Oh, that's not the sharp side. Well, guess what? You know, I, 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 I have gotten text messages from people who are sharps who say, oh my god, you got to bet I own a minus eleven and a half in basketball tonight, and I own it gets blown out. Like the sharps lose just as much as the squares. So Hutton. Don't square shame yourself. I like the square plays, and I love it when they cash even more because uh, it just feels good when everyone's like, dude, what are you doing? That's such a that's such a square play. Nothing feels better than when a play cashes and everybody tells you you're dumb for betting it. So, Hutton, I love that for you. And that's our thoughts there on some NLL action. So, it's NCAA time, and uh, I, I, I want to throw it back to JB because, I mean, I hope I – hope He's he's uh, we didn't make him fall asleep there a little bit. I mean, we we got his thought thoughts like right at the top in BLL, and then we were just like, and I wasn't saying because you guys were talking NLL. I just mean we heard from JB, and I hope he remembers how to unmute his mic because it was seven years ago when I said hi to him and uh, and got his thoughts for PLL betting. So our resident casher in tickets each and every week here in the NCAA, Justin Byers, check him out. Definitely hit him with the follow. And JB, you got a best bet for us out the gate here in NCAA? Yeah, I'm I'm in the Ivy League. I know the Ivy League was good to us last year, so we're going right back to it. Um, my best bet is going to be Brown plus one and a half. And they're taking on the Vermont Catamounts. It should be a pretty intense game to start things off, but I think Brown's been improving the past couple of weeks after taking a tough loss early in the year to Quinnipiac and kind of bouncing back pretty nicely against Providence earlier this week. I expect a, a kind of a similar kind of game between Brown and Providence as they had to Vermont. I think Brown kind of runs an offense that takes time to kind of adjust to get used to throughout the year because it relies on a lot of stick work and timing. So I expect Mike Daly's team to kind of come out and, and kind of improve on what they did offensively last week and just kind of run things from the gate. I know we've seen this Vermont team kind of overperform from expectations. I think we expected them to be good, but they've been able to kind of 
get a good start against Syracuse and then kind of build on that with wins against BU and Utah. But I think that kind of ends here against Brown. So we're looking at Brown right out of the gate here. First best bet for you, and we have plenty of them. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to dig up anything. I've been just diving in on this PLL stuff way too much. So I'm going to I'm gonna pull up the odds board and see if I can off the top of my head pick a winner because that has worked out very well for me in NCAA. Like, and whenever I feel like, oh, my God, I love this play, like, I would get hammered on it. My favorite play of the year was Syracuse plus four and a half for Maryland Other for no reason other than I was just like, ah, that looks all right. You know what I mean? So I just hit the four and a half, and that was like a, a two and a half unit play for me that I ended up cashing. So I'm going to try and throw a dart for you guys here. So let's actually get some thoughts from guys like JB who put some thought into their best bet. I'm going to throw it your way, Brandon. I know you have a couple different plays that you're eyeing for this week. So floor is yours, brother. Yeah, we can talk about one game in particular that I've been looking at. One game that I love, Michigan at Marquette. The total for this is set at 26.5 minus 115. Now, I play significantly less totals than sides. But when I play a total, what I look for is two teams with similar strengths and weaknesses. So here we have uh, Marquette and Michigan. Both of these teams are top 20 in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're bottom 20 in defensive efficiency. They're bottom 20 in save percentage. So what does that say? Good offense, bad defense. The other thing we look at when I look at these is pace of play. Both of these teams are top 30 uh, in pace of play. So they're going to be running. They're going to have efficient offenses, and they're going to have inefficient defenses and, and poor goalie play. Uh, according to the first few games that they've had this year. So that's going to set up for an over for me. 26 is not crazy high. Um, the crazy high one we have this weekend is Yale and was it Villanova or is that who they – oh, Penn State. They just played Villanova. Yale and Penn State, they're on the same formula. That total set at 29.5. I don't hate that, but I'm looking at Marquette uh, more for the – Marquette and Michigan for the over – um, in that same vein, these teams have similar strengths and weaknesses. They also have similar adjusted ra- ratings here. So you're looking at two similar teams to begin with. They're playing at home. At, this is Marquette. Marquette is at home in Wisconsin. Uh, the last three times these teams played the last three years, uh, the, the total or the uh, difference in goals hasn't gone over three. So – the, the spread is set at Marquette plus three and a half. I like that too. Uh, I'm more hype on the over, but I also like Marquette plus three and a half this weekend. I'll be all over that game. Uh, that's the one that piques my interest. What about you, Bri? What are you eyeing in some NCAA action for this weekend? This weekend, I'm looking at St. Joe's University. They're playing against Providence. and We got a great, great – I know Brandon loves that. Huge homer pick for him. But uh, we saw Brown beat Providence early in the week. And the Brown, Brown had a really slow start against Providence, even though they controlled all the faceoffs and had large time of possessions. But they had bad shooting and bad unforced error turnovers that allowed Providence to get some transition and get some, you know, odd man situations that allowed them to keep up with the game. 
I think St. Joe's is going to play exactly the same way Brown did. I think they're going to control the draw at faceoff, which we saw St. Joe's do last year and in both games so far this year. And we know St. Joe's can score. They've scored 16 and 17 goals in their first two games. Providence is not scoring anywhere near that. And we saw Brown, who had a just horrendous shooting percentage, cover this line, even though their line was minus four and a half. They covered the six and a half if they had that against Providence as well. I think St. Joe's is going to have the same style of play that Brown did and just execute it better and more efficiently. And so therefore I like the minus six and a half here against the Providence team that we just saw this past week. So I feel like that's a pretty good trigger to pull. It's not highly juiced either. I like it. I like it. You guys are winning me over. So it sounds like my slate continues to get longer and longer. And I know when I have Hutton coming on here, his slate is already long enough. What are you betting this week? Some best bets for the folks here on the NCAA side of things. Well, I'm betting too much because, uh, you know, I love this board and, you know, I've liked the board the past couple weeks and hasn't gone my way. But um, I think now we're finally getting to a spot where you can kind of take teams that are being a little underappreciated. Um, I'll start with two, two ones I'm eyeing that will probably not get there, but I would love to get Ohio State plus four and a half or Georgetown plus three and a half. Probably not going to happen, um, you know, but I like those teams like in these spots. Um, the spreads just aren't enough for me to pull the trigger on them. So if you see any of those numbers flash, definitely hop on them. But most likely I'll be staying off of those sides. Um, I'll start, though, with Ohio State UVA. I got the under at 27 and a half. I still like it at 26 and a half. Um, probably wouldn't go any lower than that. But I think this is going to be a good low spot. Um, Ohio State's defense, you know, says enough there that they've just played really well. Uh, they, they have kind of gotten like games getting away from them a little bit early on um, their first two matchups, the defense looked really good. And then they kind of, you know, fell asleep because they had the win, they had the lead kind of locked up. Um, and then you saw against UNC, just how legit they are. I think they're going to bring it against UVA. I don't think we're going to see UVA score, you know, 20 plus goals again this week. So I really like that to go under, um, you know, these, UVA can play fast, but Ohio State likes to, you know, control their possessions. Um, they play at a slower pace. So I like this under. Um, in terms of another team that, you know, I, they they had the, the they had the cover locked up and then blew it away in the final couple minutes. Uh, Maryland last week, you know, laying four and a half, uh, blew it against Syracuse. But I thought they looked much better than when they played Loyola. Um, I just, again, think this is a good spot against a Princeton team that didn't look too great uh, during this midweek game. I hope that's still at two and a half. Um, I got it at two and a half. It might not still be at that. I, I can't see it because I'm back in Jersey. So I'm not sure if it's still at two and a half, but I like Maryland minus two and a half. I think, again, good time to buy low on Maryland team that maybe hasn't looked that great, but their biggest weakness arguably last week was just, uh, you know, the goalie play to Teddy Dolan looked all right, but I think he'll get settle in a little bit and play like the goalie we've seen the past three years at Binghamton. Um, I think he was still kind of getting the nerves out and Maryland dominated for most of that game. Syracuse just was super efficient on offense scoring on most of their possessions. So that's kind of why they were able to hang in that game. But um, if you look at it, you know, from the whole bird's eye per, uh, view, it, it really Maryland kind of dominated them through most of that game. So I like them as short favorites and then Delaware minus one and a half. I mean, Delaware's defense has played lights out, 
haven't given up more than uh, nine goals through the first three games. Obviously, they pay, played some weaker competition than what they'll face in Villanova. But um, combination of J.P. Ward and Ty Kurtz, I think, is going to be unmatched against this Villanova team. So for them to only have to lay one and a half, um, I like them to minus one and a half. Uh, it's minus 130 right now, so I'd probably get on that sooner before it moves to two and a half. But that's another spot that I like. All right, boys, dart time for me for my best bet. You guys uh, did a great job handicapping there that I was able to look down the board and say what speaks to me, and I'm, I'm doing my old classic, if it ain't broke, don't fix it special. They won for me last time I tossed a dart. At only minus 125, I'm not going to lay the goal and a half. I'm just going to take Syracuse to get the job done against UNC at home. Give me Syracuse on the money line. Talk about square plays. It doesn't get much squarer than this. Give me the orange at home. They're 9-2 and two in this rivalry lifetime. That doesn't matter. These college players are turning over all the time. Hey, sometimes history does repeat itself. And... History has to repeat itself for this UNC team because they're now going back-to-back road games. They just were able to only muster five goals in Columbus, and now they got to go to the Carrier Dome? I don't know. It's square. It's lame. Give me Syracuse. Best bet on the money line, which brings us, boys, to our extra money or even money opportunities here to end the show for you folks. So, uh, Brandon, I'm going to throw it back your way. We'll get JB's thoughts. Hutton and Brian will shut it down for us because uh, my EMO, I'll just, you know, again, I said I won't lay the goal and a half. It's plus 115. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the goal and a half. Lay it with Syracuse plus 115. There's an EMO for you folks. Um, Don't bet that. Just bet them on the money line. Brandon, what do you think in EMO time for you? Yeah, this is one um, I'm – Waiting for the spread to get better. I'm going to take it. But, look, I would not be shocked if we saw Ohio State take down number one Virginia in Charlottesville at plus 310. We're looking at a UVA team. I've been saying this since the beginning. Their defense is experienced. But it wasn't very good in the years past. So, like, what is that experience doing for us? This team is all gas, no brakes. And Ohio State is a well-rounded team. I like Wallen better in cage than Noons. And I think their uh, face-off guy, Hobart transfer, uh, Drew Blanchard, I think he can put up a fight against Petey LaSala. We're not going to see a 9 nothing first, ha- first quarter come this weekend. I can guarantee you that. I think we have the more well-rounded team here. I don't like that they're traveling. Um, but if you're going to give me points, we saw it go from two and a half to three and a half. Like Hutton said, well, let's see if it gets to four and a half. I am taking the points for sure. But if you want an extra money opportunity, I don't hate Ohio State to take down the number one team. And that would probably be an issue for my Virginia future. But, hey, I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm big on Ohio State this year. Man, that's what I like. An EMO that we're talking plus 310? I like that. Brandon going out a little bit on a limb. Make sure you hit him with a follow. Make sure you're following all of us. And, of course, if you're listening, you're probably already following Bet on the Cross. But tell your friends about us if you're not. Uh, Justin, 310 sounds pretty good. And Jables, I think uh, you have one that sounds just about as good for you. Yeah, we're, we're running back with the 310 via my money line. I was kind of speaking to the point here earlier about of teams that are kind of like kind of trending and Hunt also mentioned 
teams that you can find that are undervalued. I think VMI is undervalued in this spot. Um, they've got off to a pretty strong start of the year. The offense has been kind of taking, other than past years, we've kind of seen their arc, their offense kind of be lukewarm. And on the other end, St. Bonaventure has been really underwhelming this year. Um, they've gotten some pretty bad losses with one of Bellerman to start the year. So I think this is a good spot. I think the, the spread should be a little bit tighter than three and a half. And VMI, um, I think they're just a well-coached team. I've been able to only watch them once because of the streaming situation. But um, VMI should be able to give uh, to say Bonaventure Bonnie's some uh, some running for their money here, I'm thinking. Um, I'm also going to take the, the spread, but I think the money line's got some great value. Doth we parlay the plus three tens together and be true degenerates? I mean, I mean, dude, this this really has been like I will say, and this again, more anecdotal. I don't have a spreadsheet in front of me or anything. It's felt like last year what our bread and butter was was just eat chalk. You know what I mean? Lay favorites. There's been some barking dogs this year, and a lot more on the spread, I will say. But that one week, literally everybody got upset. So hey. Who's not saying that this could be the other week? St. Bonnie's go down. The Wahoos go down. I don't know. Am I going to be that sick of a degenerate? I just might be. Uh, Hutton, what 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 third leg am I just going to throw in, in this parlay of, of, of true lunacy? What what EMO do you have for the folks, brother? We're going with Quinnipiac. Um, they obviously had that big upset over Brown. Their goalie played lights out. Um, you know, maybe a little bit luck involved with that upset of Brown, but now they're two and a half point underdogs against a Bryant team that looked pretty good against Boston, but Quinnipiac's wins have been pretty solid. They, they beat UMass Lowell 21 to 12, and then they go and beat the number 13 Brown. And now they're going to be underdogs against a Bryant team that sure, you know, has been competitive in previous years, but um, lost to Boston that hasn't looked that great, you know, recently as well. I don't know. I just, I don't get that. Um, I think Quinnipiac is, you know, take them on the spread for sure. But I think they're alive to win this game. I think they're plus 210 on the money line. Um, I think that's a good spot to bet a, a short underdog to, to win outright. You love to see it. A lot of plus money here coming at the end. And uh, Brian, I think you have some sage advice for folks. For your extra money opportunity, you're like sitting on a rock like you're uh, Luke Skywalker getting prepared to force ghost himself somewhere. So so what's your EMO? Last word on the show. I, I almost feel bad now. Everyone just came with really aggressive energy, and I love the plays and the reasoning behind it because uh, I'm keeping my money in, the pocket, in my pocket this week just for college. I didn't really see any plus money opportunities that I – necessarily loved and pulled the trigger off the bat that might change, you know, come Saturday when we see some live movement, maybe. But for now I have a bunch of other plays that I haven't talked about. And if you're curious as to what those plays are, they're all, you know, minus minus one ten range. You can see them on the action app. Uh, but in terms of plus money plays, I don't see a lot that I like on the NCAA board. So I'm just saving it for now, hoping my, uh, you know, slight minus money plays bring me home a profit this week. And maybe I'll come back next week with a better one. Brian Andrews keeping one hand in his pocket and the other one saying, fuck this segment. EMOs shut down for the day. Hope you guys enjoyed and gals enjoyed uh, listening into another edition here of Bet on the Cross. Happy to be back. 
with the boys in the saddle. Um, we'll try and at least get something up here uh, before this PLL Championship Series rolls to a close. We so appreciate you listening in, engaging with the show. That's how we grow. If you like what we do, tell people about us. That's all we ask. Huge thanks to these guys pulling a late night as well. For Hutton Jackson, for Brandon Biaggi, for Justin Byers, for myself. Hutton, you have anything else to throw in here before I kick everybody out of here? Yeah, if you guys are going to the PLL Championship Series this weekend, say hi to us. I know Dan's going to be there. I'm going to be there. So uh, definitely say hi if you recognize us, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to sweat some bets together. We'll be the two profusely sweating like the uh, video of Jordan Peele. That'll that'll be us two right there. That's uh, that, 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 that's going to be us. Huge thanks again to everybody listening. And if you are out there at the Championship Series, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Would love to see you down at Bar Down. Best of luck with your wagers until next week. And make sure you hit us with that follow at Bet on Lacrosse, at Pro Lacrosse Bets. And until we talk then, cash those tickets, folks. And best of luck.